Okay, so I'm having Annie moments during lockdown. And I like my favorite Annie song. You might think it's Little Girls. And you might say it's Little Girls because, number one, it's just a really good number. And number two, not doo-doo, but number two... It's a reference to the prime of Miss Jean Brody. At least it is for me, where Jean Brody goes, Little girls! Little girls, I'm in the business of putting old heads on young shoulders. And all of my pupils are the creme de la creme. Give me a girl at an impressionable age, and she will be mine for life. Now, prop up your books in case of intruders. In case there are intruders, we are doing our history, but we will not do our history. I loved Jean Brody. When I was in high school in theater, we did UIL one-act play, and our play was Noises Off, and I played Roger. And the school, Katie, which is the school that Renee Zellweger went to, except she was just a tiny bit before my time, yeah, or Katie Taylor, it was. Katie Taylor did the prime of Miss Jean Brody, and I was just enamored. I thought, wow, here you have this school teacher at, played by Maggie Smith in the movie. She won her Academy Award for that role. And she's trying to hook her students up with male teachers, these little girls. Little girls! And so, and I did, and this was right around the time Basic Instinct came out, so I didn't know you could be so sexually explicit in Texas at UIL One Act Play in high school. I did not know, because Mr. Lloyd comes in and she goes, Ah, Mr. Lloyd, this is Jenny, my student, and Jenny would be famous. She's going through all her students, like, what they'll be famous for. She's like, this is uh, Samantha. Sandy is very histrionic. She would be an actor. And this is Jenny. Jenny, Mr. Lloyd, would be famous for sex. And I was in the audience, and my jaw just dropped. And the woman that they had, I guess I should say the, 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 the young woman that they had playing Jean Brody at Katie Taylor High School, was so good. She just chewed up the scenery. It was so campy and delicious, and, and I loved it. But anyway, me, uh, that, that's not the point, really. Um, that was just a quick divergence. I was saying that you might think that Little Girls is my favorite song from Annie, but that is just, it's not the case. It's not the case. It isn't. It's not. Uh, my, my favorite song is, uh, is Sign, and it's a song that they made specifically for the movie, not the crappy reboot or remake of it with Jamie Foxx as Daddy Warbucks. I'm talking about the one that is sung by Carol Burnett, where she goes, You ever been to Bonus Iris? I hunger for the Argentine. Argentine. Let's me and you fill up our diaries. No, stop. Buy me a ruby. No. Why shouldn't you be mine? You like to rumba. You like to rumba. I call you Ali, my hot tamale. And now I got you, my cucaracha, my pride. Oh, that, oh, I, 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 I. You had me followed? imbibing quarts of bathtub gin bronchitis and here you're dancing in your scanties great gams with some old geezer called little caesar he's an uncle you lock the orphans in the closet they love it 
You hawk their Christmas souvenirs, drink, you steal the funds you should deposit, it's fresh. You make them grovel while you buy lavaliers. Must you accept me? Why can't you pet me? You know how I like doing both roles. It's you I crave now. Let's misbehave now. You want smoochy, my little poochie penitentiary. Jail? Sign. Um, I guess I'll never know the feeling, yo rotten jail, of running fingers through your hair in Sing Sing, because he's bald, that's a joke. I guess this means no bonus iris. Will you sign? Well, I don't need you. That's fine. This day is sort of my Britain Waterloo sign. I, I just love it. I don't know why I went to that place right now. Annie was my, I know why I did, because my mom sent me a text message. She has been experiencing a lot of medical difficulties, which freaks me out on a lot of number, a lot of different levels. Number one, she's in her mid seventies now, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, and she had a UTI, which is a vaginal infection of her uterus, vaginally speaking, and then she fell down and she hurt her shoulder and so she sent me a message saying she has to get surgery on her shoulder <sighs> i mean it's just too much it's overwhelming it's overwhelming i almost it, it's so much at once i almost wonder if she has munchausen syndrome and she's doing all of this to get my attention and to that i say well played well played, Mom. But at any rate, she, anyway, as she says, Rag, anyway, she sent me, she was at her uh, doctor's office. Her doctor's name is Camille Goff. And Camille Goff sent, or has um, an Annie poster. And so my mom sent me a picture of it. And, I, and so it's been in my mind ever since. You know how that works. You know how it works. Even if you don't want it there, there it is. Uh, so Alanis Morissette has a musical that was on Broadway and then the pandemic happened so they had to stop performing it and it's called Jagged Little Pill and I'm very I'm very moved by this bowelly moved emotionally moved excuse me I'm had to get a sip of water <clears throat> my pipes are a little a little, <clears throat> I'm a little dry down there. Oh yeah, I'm plenty wet. So, oh, actually, before I get here, let me apologize. I want to apologize. Uh, I want to apologize because I was MIA last week, and it really is my intention during this pandemic to more regularly podcast. Okay, it really is my intention. But what happened is, is I've been working on a revision of a manuscript for a journal, and so I was balls deep in that and i submitted it today so that frees me up to start podcasting again so yay aren't we all excited that i get to do shows again yay it's so exciting and i would have done some shows walking my dog but now in west hollywood you have to wear your mask everywhere you have to wear it you have to wear it and so I can't, I tried to do a mask and tried to do my lavalier mic at the same time and it just didn't work. It, it, it's about as effective as me topping. It's just, it's not going to happen. So back to Alanis Morissette. 
so she did this interview with Rolling Stone and it was so good because she was talking about it and and you have to understand that Jagged Little Pill that first album that she released in the states which i think was actually her third album she had two poppier 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 uh, albums in uh, Canada Canada and but this was her first big hit and that what that came out my freshman year of college and it was my soundtrack for many years i just i loved it and that you ought to know song I'm just, I have it queued up here and ready to go. I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both. Now, you have to understand, at the, my freshman year, this is before I attended the University of Texas, my freshman year of college, I actually attended the University of Houston, and I was a theater major, Okay completely different world and at UT I was a communic or a speech major and in in at Houston at the University of Houston I was a theater major okay so a big difference big difference it's almost like comparing um Sharon Stone and basic instinct to Sharon Stone in in sliver she's the same person right but in sliver she parts her hair in the middle so it, it there's a big difference okay so um Th those were wild times. Edward Albee taught a playwriting class, and I had to audition in front of Edward Albee, and I completely tanked it. It was awful. I've written about it. I've talked about it elsewhere. I, it was really humiliating. What happened was I, I wanted to do something from a gay play. Angels in America was very hot at the time. I had not read the play, but I, but I went to Bookstop or whatever and purchased it and just looked for something that was monologue length, and so I came across, came across um, that Roy Cohen monologue. I don't have AIDS. Homosexuals have AIDS. I have liver cancer. And so I did that. And to me, you know, Roy Cohen could pass. It was just, it was humiliating. It was humiliating. And so that was the end of my theater career. But at, again, I digress. Like I, I keep going down these roads that I don't intend to go down today. I just have a, a lot of energy, a lot of energy today. Sorry, I had to take another sip of my water. Uh, it seems like a manic episode, but it's not because I'm not manic depressive. I just suffer from anxiety, not bipolar or manic depression or whatever they call it. I'm just trying to keep my energy up and be entertaining for a show. Okay, so I don't need your judgment. So let's go back to 1994. I'm in slash 1995. I'm in my car. I have the longest commute. Okay from Cypress, Texas to the University of Houston, which is on the other side of downtown. I mean, it was like an hour and a half long commute. And I would stop every morning at 7-Eleven because this is me treating my body like a temple, the temple that it was at 18. And I would get a, one of those co-pilots, the largest like 32 ounce or something Cokes, two candy bars and I would eat the candy bars and drink the coke and smoke marble lights on my hour and a half long commute and not really pay attention to the road I would have the visor thing down in my car so I could look at myself lip syncing for my life like I was on RuPaul's Drag Race long before RuPaul's Drag Race was even a thing to You Ought to Know and to, to the entire Jack and Little Pill album 
last love that we gave that you made wasn't a... Hold on. Okay, I messed that up. I want you to... We have to redo it again. I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both. And all the version of me is she perverted... Perverse me, she perverted like me. Was she go down on you in a theater? Does she speak elegantly? And once she have your baby, I'm sure she should make a really excellent mother. Cause the love that we gave that we made wasn't nothing and nothing and nothing to be open wide. And you know it. And every time I scratch my nails down someone else's back, I hope you feel it. Well, can you feel it? Well, I'm here to remind you how the mess you left when you went away. It's not there to remind me of the mess you made that you went away. You, 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 I'm I mean, I can't do all her affectations. I can't sing in her pitch or her tone. So, really, the only point of me doing all of this is to say she was doing an interview and she was talking about her show, Jagged Little Pill, which is on Broadway. And the interviewer was saying that one of his gay friends watched it and was so moved by, because it's a jukebox musical, of course, by their rendition of You Oughta Know because it turns You Oughta Know into a lesbian or into a queer anthem. So basically, it's like these two lesbians in the show are one is bisexual, the other is lesbian. And so the the bisexual one says, look, we have to end our affair because I've met somebody who I think is really the love of my life. And so... The lesbian sings You Oughta Know and so changes the genders around. And to me, that was very meaningful because it, when I, that freshman year, sophomore year of college, when I would sing it, I would sing it as a queer anthem. You know, like like my interpretation as I was singing to my, as I was lip syncing in the mirror of my Jeep was like I'm hooking up with this guy and he's breaking up with me so he could be with a woman. Right. So I just want to play a little bit of this, uh, the, the, the Broadway version, because I immediately after I heard this interview, I went on to YouTube and I typed in, you want to know Jagged Little Pill musical. And it's so good. It's so good. I'm going to play it now. You know, I didn't mean it like that. I want you to know that I'm happy. I wish nothing but the best for you both. Ah, I have chills. So he's himself with me, and you can have his baby. I'm sure you would make a really excellent mother. Every time you speak his name, you know I told you to be there until you die. Till you die, 
so good. Just have to, and all her queer friends are are the chorus, like trying to protect the lesbian. It's so good. We have to get to like the show-stopping moment. It's so good. Like her queer friends are telling the bisexual, "Get the fuck out of here." It's, I don't know if it's going to have the same effect just listening to it compared to having the visuals too. The um the the actor who plays the the lesbian woman who sings the song is is um deadpan throughout a lot of it and but it just works. It just works. And it, it reminds me of all of these little nuggets from the song that were so meaningful to me. Like there's that one line where she sings cuz the joke that you laid in the bed that was me and I'm not going to fade as soon as you close your eyes. I love that because it it, it it resonates with me. When I was that age, really all throughout my 20s, I felt so disposable. The, the older men, because I don't know that there was really a sense of kinship between generations of gay men in large part because of what AIDS did. 
how it just decimated people. Um, but I, I just felt so sexually objectified and older men are, and you know, for me, when I would say older, like guys in their thirties, guys in their forties would hit on me, but I, I was, I was just so utterly disposable. So that lyric always just really was meaningful to me. So if this doesn't convince you to at least watch the clips, and they have a lot of the numbers up there. They do a great take on ironic where they make fun of the song not really being ironic. And uh, that, so that's folded into the, the narrative of the song. It's just great. It's just great. I highly recommend it. I have so many things to talk about right now. And that was that was only uh, number two on the list. I also want to say that I do love... I like the setup of doing the show live and then recording what's happening live to release in a later program. I like that. But I need help from somebody who's more tech-savvy than me. Because what happens is, is that I go live on Facebook and then that slows my computer down because I'm live streaming, right? And then I'm recording on OBS and OBS just drains so much energy from my computer and slows everything down to a snail's pace. And so I is there another program that I can use to record my audio that's not OBS. And the trick is it I need it to record what I'm saying in my microphone, but I also need to, it to record my desktop audio. Like, you know, like me just playing what I just played. I need it to record all of that stuff. So if you if you know, I have many, many more things to talk about right now. I'm just excited. Okay, I'm excited. Okay, the next thing on my list is I have two items that are under the same theme. And it's a little game we're going to play. And the game is called To What End? Let me take another sip of my water. Okay, To What End? One of my favorite things to do now before I go to bed, and I say now, but this has been going on for well over a year, is I visit the, the subreddit Public Freakouts. And just like the name suggests, it, it's videos of people going into public places and freaking out. And, and people like me going, oh, that would be really funny to put on the internet. And so one of the latest public freakouts that happens, there's a different one posted every day, is somebody going into a Lowe's hardware or a supermarket or wherever to get their vagina wax i don't know they go into these places and they go in without a mask even the businesses have mask only policies and they create these scenes i'm i don't have to describe this to you because you i'm sure you've seen plenty of these videos they're really making the rounds now and i just have to ask to what end to what end are these people working because in every single one of these videos, everybody in the store is against the person making the scene. They're not legally in the right, so they're just humiliating themselves because they go in as if they have some type of legal standing to do what they're doing. And, they, and, they're, and they try to humiliate everybody else, and they say, no, that's not the law. It's not the law. You don't know the law. 
there's no law saying that I have to wear a mask. And then the manager says, well, who cares if it's the law? This is a private business. Have you ever heard of no shoes, no shirt, no service? Well, we, you can add no mask to our policy. We have the ref right to refuse business to everybody. And by the way, the conservative people going in and doing this have no problem saying that business owners should be able to turn away gay people just because they're gay. Um, they have no problem with that. But then a mask where the, uh, anyway, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. And, and so then the people are run out of the business. The police come all over their chest. No, they come and, and say, look, yeah, you, you can't do this, you crazy person, you wackadoo. Then they, they get posted in the media and everybody hates on them in the media. So have we reached a point, I'm wondering. Madge is always talking about people's echo chambers. And, and one of the bad things about Facebook is it allows you, like a bonsai tree, to just pluck out the people in your life who don't work, who don't have politics and ideologies that are consistent with the things that you believe. And and I, I'm there. I'm there. I don't have, I, I don't know that I have a single conservative friend on my Facebook. Maybe two. One or two. But the ones that I have aren't in your face about some of the more stupid parts of Trump's platform, right? And so the reason why I bring this up is have things, has the echo chamber become so isolating that on their version of Facebook, it's almost like two different timelines, right? Like a multiverse. In their version of the multiverse, People post those videos and all of their friends are like, yeah, fucking right on. They're sh that person showing that manager. Oh, did you hear? They just asked to speak to the manager of the manager. Boom, roasted. Boom, roasted. That must be what it is because it's still going on. It's still going on. And then on, on an entirely new level of stupidity, just when you think it can't be more stupid, it gets more stupid. Now, there are people, I saw this today, who are on Etsy, of all places. I just always assumed Etsy was this hippy-dippy place where people crocheted and put sunflowers in their vaginas and assholes. No, that's not the case. There's a lot of conservative people. And so now they're making mesh masks on on Etsy like fishnet stocking mask so it gives the illusion that you're wearing a mask but you can still infect as many people as you want if you become sick to what end to what end are you working to promote disease or, or, or to stick it to the libs I, I just to me that's just not enough reason to put that much skin in the game to where you're just humiliated. And guess what? History is not going to treat you kindly. It's not. Okay, so that's my first to what end. I apologize for banging my hands against my desk. I mean, it probably made for really crappy audio. Plus, I hurt my hand, and I don't want to be that worked up about it, but I am. What else is there to get emotional about during the the lockdown during the pandemic okay here's another thing that i have to ask to what end there's only two two 
items on this list. We've already covered the one. The second one is Trump's war on schools right now, where he's insisting that schools open, public schools open. And, and, and he and Betsy DeVos, that sea hag, ugh, she's just awful. I just hate everything about her. She looks like a prostitute on an oil rig. I mean, I just, I really don't like her. But so does, so does Donald Trump. They both look like prostitutes on an oil rig. She looks like a lot lizard. Doesn't she look like a, a lot lizard? She looks like a lot lizard. I shouldn't have said lizard. That's very triggering to me right now. <laughs> it's very triggering to me because one of my closest friends who I love is really, she's titty deep in conspiracy theories right now and everybody's a pedophile and, and, and Bill Gates wants to control everybody and implant us. And she posted this video today of somebody who believes that... The, the, the world is controlled by reptilian humanoids that are aliens and, and they they kidnap psychic babies. I mean, it's very, I'm, I know it's upsetting to me because this is somebody who I love so much. And I almost get it. I mean, when I say I get it, I don't get the logic of the reptilians and stuff like that. But I get where during lockdowns and when people feel this tremendous sense of anxiety during a pandemic and uncertainty of what the future holds for all of us where conspiracy theories that's a perfect time for somebody to get hooked in by a conspiracy theory because you have nothing but time on your hands and you go to one video which takes you to another video but it's just it's very hurtful when it's somebody who normally I would laugh at the person but I can't because it's somebody who I love uh, like family but at, at any rate that that's just going down a dark path that I don't want to go down right right now okay so Trump and the schools with his lizard queen Betsy DeVos. So they are insisting that public schools open. They're trying to find ways of uh, denying federal funds to public schools if, if they don't open. And to what end? To what end? To what? Seriously, like I'm genuinely asking. I had one person provide an answer to this on my personal private um, space, my penis, my bathing suit area. No, um, my, my Facebook page. And, and it was an answer that made sense to me. But I just want to post this as a question to all of you because we may get more answers and I want to know. I, I, I really, really want to know. So just about every epidemiologist on the planet believes that fall is going to be a complete clusterfuck, okay? Because what we're going to have is not just COVID. We're also going to have the beginning of flu season. And so Unlike what all of these anti-maskers will tell you, COVID is not the flu. They, these things are not synonymous, okay? So we're going to have comorbidity in the fall and winter where people have the flu and they have COVID. So they have two things that just annihilate their immune system and, and affect their breathing. And, and so and make them more susceptible. One makes somebody, one illness will make them more susceptible to contracting the other illness, right? And so 
it's going to be really bad in the fall and the spring. Okay, so you send these kids to school. And one question I have is, there are only so many teachers that can become infected before you, ha you have to say, there's nobody left to teach. We have to school close the schools down. Okay, so that experiment is doomed from the start. Number two, doo-doo, number two, these kids come home and infect their parents who then won't be able to work. And so anyways, these ki kids are just vectors of disease, right? We know this. Kids are always sick. So the numbers by the time the election come are going to be so astronomical. So I guess the question that I'm asking is there's no way that opening public schools is going to be good for Trump or his campaign. In the tea leaves, you can see it. The writing is on the wall. You can't deny the science. I mean, you can try to deny the science, but the, the, the illness, the, the sickness, the pandemic is unmoved by politics. It doesn't care if you don't believe in it, right? It's there. If I wake up in the middle of the night and there is a man with a butcher knife standing over my bed saying, I'm going to kill you. And I say, I don't believe in you. Sorry. It's not like the end of Nightmare on Elm Street, right? No, the killer's there and it's going to, he's going to have his way with me. First, hopefully he will have sex with me because I haven't had sex in such a long time. So that would be, you know, take my life, but also take my whole. <laughs> so to what end? And so my friend Kevin had an answer to this that I thought was interesting. And he said, well, no, they realize that it's a losing gambit. They, and they realize that schools can't possibly be open in the fall. So what they're doing is it's kind of like a performative, it's an empty gesture. It's a tip of the hat to say, we tried to keep the schools open because their thinking might be that one, the election comes around, people are going to be so crazy with their kids who are still home that they're like, ah, at least Trump was trying to get our kids to go to school, right? And maybe, maybe that works. I mean, that's how cynical and awful this administration is, okay? So that's number three on my list, to what end? Okay, the fourth thing is I wanted to give you an update on my Noom. I'm on a weight loss program called Noom. I'm Nooming. And I've lost four pounds in two weeks. I don't want to brag, but I have. I've lost four pounds in two weeks. My goal is I just want to be able to look at my belly and not feel like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. Okay. I just want it to be flat. So my goal weight is 155 pounds. I weigh 167.8. I just paid through the nose for three months of Noom. And so hopefully I'm going to get there and be skinny mini Reagan. I want to, I just remember how I was complaining about being sexually objectified when I was younger and treat me like a human, not like an object. And then I, you get to be your mid forties and you're like, objectify me. Somebody treat me like trash, spin on me and then shove your in me, you know? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But Noom, it has some things that I just find kind of annoying. One thing that I don't like about Noom is that you have a, a goal specialist who checks in with you and, hey, how's it going? I'm your goal specialist. And 
Do you have any questions? And I, I don't like that. I'm just, I've always been one of those people where I don't like it when people engage me in conversation unless I know them. Like, I don't like going to the supermarket when you're checking out and the clerk is like, how's everything going today? I don't like that. I don't like, did you find everything okay? Oh no, I had a really hard time finding my butter, but I found it. I did. I found it. And I'm feeling really good about that. Oh, that's great. Do you have any plans for the weekend? One time, a clerk at a supermarket asked me when I was so clearly not into the conversation, this bullshit. Con you don't care what type of day I'm having. I don't care what type of day you're having. I'm giving minimal response cues. Yes, no. I'm not elaborating on every anything. And then she said, what are your plans for the weekend? And I almost blew a gasket. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Can I just get out of this store? There is a place, um, there's a shopping place in Europe where you can go. I may have talked about this on the podcast before, but you can choose like a basket, a certain color basket. And it basically means don't fuck with me, fuck off. And I love that. So like if you have a yellow basket and you're shopping for clothes or whatever they sell, sex toys, delphinius dildos, dildos that are made in the shape of a dolphin penis, as one does around the holidays for Christmas, and you have the yellow basket, they, they know not to come up and ask you questions or to chit chat with you or make conversation. The worst of the, when a waiter does it, I'm like, please. And when I served, when I was a server at the macaroni grill, I was, I was that person. And I thought people just stayed it up. I would actually sit down with my tables and talk to them. And some of them liked it. That's so, or maybe they were, they were probably just being kind. That's awful. If somebody sat at my table, a, a server, I would be like, you've got to go. You've, you've got to go. Just go away. Okay. Um, so now I want to play some, uh, clips, some clips. That's what they would say on Madge's Grum. I'm going to play some clips, clips, clips. Okay. Been going 38 minutes, 38 minutes. So I want to play this clip. So my friend Janet, who I love, I went to high school with her. Uh, they're, they're selling the house from the Golden Girls. Obviously not the inside, because that's just a soundstage, but the exterior. They're selling that house. And so anything Golden Girls related, she sends it to me like, here, I know you really love the Golden Girls. And I'm like, I don't even really like I mean, like, I like the Golden Girls okay, but I'm not, there are gays that are fanatical about it. I'm just not that gay. And I don't want to rain on her parade. So I don't know what to say. I'm just, thanks, I guess, right? So she recently sent me that, and I, I, I you know, again, like, question mark, like the Riddler, like, what is going on? Why, why are you sending me this? And then I realized that just a day prior, I post this really, really funny meme of this drag queen singing along 
to the Golden Girls theme song as she's holding a glass of wine and drinking a glass of wine at 4am and I had to play it for you because it's so funny and as it plays I had to go turn off my AC because I'm fucking freezing right now okay let's see Oh, 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 yeah. Hey, so we started from the bottom, now we're here, girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good i had to i'm sorry i had to play it again i know i'm being very redundant tonight but it's so good she, i mean this performer is talented that voice it's not like reagan trying to sing you ought to know oh, 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 yeah. hey, so great okay um so amy sedaris you know her show i love 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 at home with amy sedaris it's not as good as strangers with candy but nothing is going to be better than strangers with candy but it's 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 wonderful in its own way so in this week's episode they did a the whole episode was like a parody of that movie notes on a scandal with judy dench where I don't want to give away too many details, but basically, like, it's this unrequited lesbian love thing where this woman has dirt on a teacher and she's attracted to the teacher, so she's using the dirt to help the teacher avoid a scandal, but she's doing it manipulatively because she wants to... You know, like, gay and lesbian people are predators, basically. That's what it is. This is before... The, um, the true enlightenment that gay people are actually human beings and aren't constantly trying to sleep with straight people. Uh, still in the 2000s, by the way. Still in the 2000s. I was in my uh, bungalow in West Hollywood on Martell. So like 2006, 2007, 2008, that movie came out. Notes on a Scandal. So they did a parody of it and they had Anne Dowd, who is so talented. You know, Anne Dowd, she won an Emmy for... Uh, playing the auntie role in, um, oh, what is that? The one with the Scientologist, and it's the Margaret Atwood, and she, The Handmaid's Tale. Do you love how I play Password with myself to come up with the name of the television show? I, do, I just played Password with myself. I'm like... The password is Handmaid's Tale. And I'm like, okay, and out. And it's based on the Margaret Atwood novel and um, Scientology. And, <laughs> okay. So, uh, 
And Dowd plays the woman who is enamored with Amy, okay? So this is just a little clip from that, a little clip. Now, as you know, I'm presenting my ginger snaps today with a culinary academy, and I would like to display them with a flourish. What is she doing here? She's just a friend, Jesse. You don't have any friends. What does she have on you? Is it the same thing I have on you? Because I'd like to be the only one with that thing on you. What kind of spell has she cast? That's absurd, Jesse. She has zero control over me. Amy, kitchen, now. Coming. <laughs> Amy, kitchen, now. Hold on, here's another one with Dan Dowd. Let's see if it actually plays audio, though. Will it play the audio? These biscuits look fit for a queen. And I'm sure no one will miss the ginger. Okay, well, off you go now. I'm sure to do. I want to try one. Well, those are for the Culinary Academy. Oh, they won't miss one. <clears throat> oh, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I have a spastic colon in my elbow. Hereditary. <laughs> You're not trying to hide something from me, are you, Amy? I put the ginger in. I risked everything for you, everything. <laughs> Little Miss Ginger, with your snippy snaps. <laughs> with your snippy snaps. Now, Cola Scola is a main player on the Amy Sedaris at home show. And he is so good. He plays Chassie Tucker on that show. And um, I'll post, uh, somebody asked me to post the link to the Golden Girl song. I'll, I'll post it in, my, uh, in my, my community on Facebook, whatever it's called, the Foxhole, Fox in the City of the Foxhole. So Cola Scola is so talented I mean, he is just so, so very talented. And he came out with a one-person show, but on YouTube, and he released it really early in the lockdown, and it got a write-up in the New York Times. And it only has 80,000 views. I just don't understand that. He's so talented. But this is, I just wanted to play this for you because it's my favorite sketch from Cola Scola's show on YouTube called Help, I'm Stuck with Cola Scola. It's so good, it makes me laugh. Coming this fall to ABC, the creators of The Biggest Loser bring you a new reality competition program. Sharon Stone hosts as five gay brothers compete for the ultimate prize. The winner gets to wash my car. But it won't be easy. The brothers must sodomize each other. Those who can't stay hard will be executed. The survivors must eat their brother's remains. From consulting producer Sharon Stone, oh God. an idea so crazy it just might work. Gay men have fascinated me for over 6,000 years. And now, I'm ready to see just how far they'll go. So grab your brother, grab a fork, and I'll see you at my car. <laughs> Gay men have fascinated me for 6,000 years. He's so talented. Do you see how everything slows down on my computer with my setup? Like, my YouTube was buffering. My YouTube was fucking buffering. That is so 
2000 and late, okay? My fucking YouTube was buffering. Okay, see, I had little post-it notes. I have to stick on, stick on my screen so I remember what to say. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is pickles, okay? Normally, I, I don't like a pickle. I don't like a pickle, which reminds me of that funny line from Drawn Together where the Foxy character said, uh, this time I found myself in a pickle instead of the other way around. <laughs> Ooh, I just passed gas. It was a little toot. It was a little toot. Uh, I think that was my anus cheering on the joke. Yay! Yay! Bravo! Pro! Okay, um, so I don't like a pickle. I don't like a pickle. I think pickles are disgusting, but I do love other pickled items and my favorite pickled item is pickled onions and I made a pickled onion I made pickled onions for the first time and if you go on my Instagram you can see my pickled onions and I fucking love them I love them so much I want to eat them out of my butt okay like I want to shove them into every orifice of my body it's kind of like some of these guys that I follow on Instagram they're so hot hold on I'm just going to give you the names of some of the people that I just every time I see their pictures I my vagina explodes okay one of them is a guy named Ryan Dengler you have to check him out on Instagram he, he is so he, he has the body of Gronk Rob Gronkowski but then like the face of Harry Potter it's very confusing to me but his body is so hot that I cannot even um I can't deal with it. And when I see somebody like this guy, I'm just like, I want you in every orifice. Like, it's not just like, if sometimes where, I don't know if women get this way, like if their vagina feels like, I need that. Like my butt, when I see a hot guy, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need that, right? But now, maybe it's because I haven't had sex in such a long time. I feel like it's not just my butt, my mouth. Like I can, I can imagine like, like what it would be like to do stuff and then my no my nostrils and then even my tiny little pee hole I just I want I want it in everywhere and so long story short that's the way that I feel about pickled onions <laughs> can't you see doesn't it all make sense didn't that analogy work didn't that analogy work they should use it. the SAT people should contact me and I will sell them that analogy for the SAT exam. I will. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, okay. The last thing that I want to talk about is a show that I started watching on Netflix last night. I watched three episodes of it. I really like it. It's a reality show. It's called Alone. And it Alone is a little bit like Naked and Afraid, except nobody's naked. And But it's survivalists who get dropped off in this in this in this season they're in the arctic okay so they're by the north pole and they get to bring 10 items so they could build you know something that builds a fire or knife or whatever i'd be <laughs> what would my 10 items be <laughs> i would be so ill prepared i wouldn't bring anything that makes fire or a blanket or a tarp or anything like that i'd be like i want to bring my flashlight I want to bring my iPhone, and they'd be like, yeah, they, you won't get reception there. I don't care. I want to bring it. 
Um, what else do I want to bring? I want to bring um, peanut M&Ms, like a family bag of them, because I know I'm going to be there for a while. Okay, so that's three items. I'm going to do all ten. Okay, I'm really going to think about this. But I want to bring my fucking Burt's Bees lip balm, beeswax lip balm. That's going to be my fourth item. Um... I want to bring my iPad, my iPad mini, not because I have two. Okay. So I have an iPad pro and I have an iPad mini and I want to bring the iPad mini because it just works better in my hands. And I'm sure that they're going to say, well, why are you bringing an iPad mini if you're also bringing an iPhone? And I'll be like, look, don't ask me questions. Like this is, I'm the one who gets to decide what I want to bring. Right. Okay. I need five more items, five more items. Oh, I want to bring my, um, my readers, but you're not going to be reading anything. I know, but I look good in them. They're Ray-Ban. Okay, uh, they're very expensive. What else do I want to bring? Oh, oh, hold on. Well, no, I can't. Hold on. Oh, hold on. I'll play a little bit of karaoke so I can, sh because the people who have been watching, I want them to see. Um, okay, so this is the, this is the, uh, Call me karaoke, okay? I'll be right back. Okay, here's the other thing I want to bring. This is honey, call me Roll me up. tonight okay thank you blondie i actually lost my virginity to heart of glass by blondie that's not a lie to frankie griffin who thought he was a vampire and we played this game where i would cut my fingers with razors and then i'd let him suck my blood i mean it, it was it was the fucking 80s okay going into the 90s don't question me Okay, so this is, you can't see it if you're just listening to the show, but the people who have been watching the show, I got this wonderful robe. It's like a man robe, so it, it's, it doesn't go down very low. It looks a little bit like a kimono uh, from a place called California Cowboy. It's a, it has a koi pond, and I just love it. So I'm, I would like to bring <laughs> That's going to be item number six. I need four more items. I already said flashlight. Um, four more items. Um, you know what? I might... Oh, you know what? I'll, okay, never mind. I'm done playing this game. So the point, and I do have one is that this television show alone is very good. So these survivalists come, they drop them off in the Arctic. They're not paired up with anybody. They're all in different parts of the Arctic. And they have to, whoever survives the longest 
people have to tap out for different reasons. One guy falls and breaks his knee or whatever, and another person eats something bad and, and gets really sick, and so he has to be taken off the island. So the last person standing wins a half a million dollars. And I have discovered that even though survivalists do really gross things like eat muskrats and just disgusting things, things that you would normally find really, really gross. I find something about that uh, hegemonic masculinity, like the ability to fish and to create fire just using wood. I find that very, very sexy, very sexy. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in tonight for my, my lockdown my lockdown program. This is uh, day 122, I believe, 122 of me being in lockdown. And as you can see from my frenetic energy, I'm going a little bit loopy, but so be it. We'll continue listening to Blondie. Uh, and I hope that you're all... What? Oh my God, who was that singing backup vocals? She was not very good. She's like, hello, welcome to the Kitty Cat Lounge. My name is Dodra Hall, I'll be here all week. I'm so excited all of you decided to come and visit Tahiti Village, here at Tahiti Village. You can come and you can, we have this lounge. I'm singing here. I'm doing my blondie covers all week. Have a very good week. Maybe I'll do another program later in the weekend or early in the week. I'm going to go eat red onions.